are we calling each other at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the Mart? It's fun. I know. It's like we've never done this before. <laughs> we haven't. We've never. Welcome to episode one. Right. <laughs> oh God, it feels like that sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, the audio sounds a lot better through Facebook, which seems just wrong. Yeah, but I don't really care anymore. Hey, let me see that mom. What are you talking about? They're in the other room. Let me see her. They're in the other room. Get up and go take the you laptop. You have no idea how hard it is to get in and out of this bed. <laughs> Can we do it at the end? Fine. Thank you. I just want to tell her how, I, how much I love her. All right. We will tell her that. And maybe see the baby from not a side cheek right. side. I'll send you another. I'll have a straight on one that I can send you. Well, I kind of hope so in the next however long you're going to be there. True story. Okay. All right. Um, How's your week been, dear? Oh, my God. Yes? It's been amazing. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, so, Trev had his two days off, Saturday, Sunday, and I finally had a weekend off for the first time since motherfucking March. <sighs> Which, you know what? It sucks. I dealt with it. I brought it up in the moment. I said, okay, it's fine. I'm going to deal with it because sooner than later, I'm going to go back to Monday through Friday. I'm just going to have all the weekends off. And we're there, friends. We are there. I am back Yay! to Monday through Friday. <laughs> and I'm... Granted, I'm like two days in, so I'm just learning the the specifics of the job. I'm sure that I'm still going to have to deal with people that are pissed off. Mm. I might cry a little bit. It, it is what it is. But so far, I am loving my job. You know, on that note, let us remind everyone that especially during this stressful time, but please always be nice to retail people. They really... You know, they can do only so much. Yeah. They really they, can't eat. They, they usually. So much. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're, at the end, we're all just humans. And you know what? If your hair's got a little bruised up, well, that's not anybody's fault except maybe your own. Or, you know what? If there's bag person's fault, just Gently suggest that next time they put them on the top of the bag. Or you know what? Do yourself a fucking favor and just do self-checkout because nobody does a better job than I do. Right. I'm a fucking bagging pro. We have now started using the self-checkout at Costco. And I love it. Oh my god. I love it. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. People always say self-checkout takes away jobs, blah, blah, blah. Number one, it doesn't. It helps promote from within because... That person that's standing there, they're not. They are running between four and ten machines, depending on which company they work for. So that's multitasking skills. That's amazing customer service because you're still dealing with all of those things. Anyway, I could go on and on. It is not 
taking away jobs. No. It is giving people like me that want to get in, get out, and get on with their lives the option to do that. Because the, the last thing I want to do after a long day of work is stand in, in line, chit-chat with whoever's behind me that accidentally bumps me with their cart, and then get up to the register and talk to the cashier. I don't want to tell you that I found everything. I don't, like, I, I, I just, I don't. I want to be done, and I want to go home. So... Anyway, off my little self-checkout soapbox. So the funny thing about that is that I did the self-checkout at Home Depot for that short time that I worked there. I was in charge of it, and I really liked it. Uh, You know, I mean, yeah, the self-checkout is just as difficult with the things that don't have barcodes, like little washers and, and stupid pieces, but otherwise it was great. Now, on the flip side of that, my mom is the person that's talking to you behind you in line. That's like, that you're like, I just want to get out of here. I know. No, but I'm like, when she starts talking to people at the grocery store, and I'm like, mom, they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Sometimes I'm that person too. But like, it, de- it just depends. I try and, and because I've been in retail, customer service, restaurant world my entire adult working life, I'm pretty good at reading people. And if they're not into it, I'm not going to say anything. But if they look like they might be mildly receptive, I might tell them that they have the cutest dress that I've seen all week. This is true. And that's it. Some people do like that. And A, that's spreading kindness. And B, that's it. You don't, I don't, I don't have to, we don't have to talk about anything else. So, Anyway, I'm I'm all for however you want to check out from the store, um, but definitely just be kind to retail workers and restaurant folks and mm-hmm. your contractor or like the guy who picks up your garbage or delivers your mail. Just be a good human. Yeah. Um, okay. I love our delivery guy. He must think that I've gone insane because I've been ordering so much stuff just to be delivered to the house instead of you know going out Your and getting guy? it. Or like our our UPS guy or our mailman is probably like, what is wrong with you guys right now? Maybe not. Maybe they've seen an uptick in all of that. But yeah, yeah. Um. Well, we should go ahead and get started with our episodes because both of these are pretty important. They're very dense. They're very dense for both shows. Yes. So, um, sticking with our format of alternating, um, it is my turn to start with friends and Kathleen will follow up with how I met your mother. So one thing that we need to point out from last week is we both missed the comparison of Marshall's terrible hat and Joey's hat when he's in London, baby. So I like that. You did. And you messaged me. I know. Afterwards, did somebody tell you or did you just see it? I feel like someone did send us a message on Twitter or Instagram was like, I just saw that episode or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah, how did we miss that? Um, let's see here. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of like messages from people, but I do know that was it? I think it was handbag marinara sent me a funny thing. Oh, they wanted to point out that the um, actor that I said was on days of our lives in real life. That was the, uh-huh. the guy on the massage table was also in the show, the pretender. Oh, 
which I don't know if you remember that from the 90s, but the main guy on that show had also done some soap operas and then like did that show and then guessed it on Burn Notice. Oh. But it was funny and she was like, um, yeah, she, they, she said, uh, the hot guy is Thomas on The Pretender. So seeing it always just reminds me of that show. That was a show in the 90s that I really liked. Um, profiler pretender and like one other one was an NBC lineup where they were all kind of um, procedurals dramas and whatnot but they were yeah they were kind of dark um, yeah yeah and then let's see here I thought I had another message from somebody but maybe not um, so like I said, we're, I'm going to put a cute post up on social media for tomorrow about the two hats. So, you know, everyone will get to see that we we sometimes still miss things because... And when she says tomorrow, she means real tomorrow, not podcast oh, tomorrow. Sorry, yeah. I mean on Wednesday, and this will go up on Thursday. So hopefully you're following still us on social media. <laughs> yeah, yay. I know, it is a little weird to be talking about the future and the past at the same time. Um... Let's do the time warp again. Nice job. Um, so tonight's Friends episode is the one with Joey's new girlfriend. And it opens with Joey doing a crossword, Monica sitting next to him, and she says, uh, I don't think a four-letter word for ship is ship. And he goes, I thought they were just giving me a freebie. And everyone yeah. kind of looks at him like, uh-huh. And I was like, oh, oh. he dumb. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Um, so then Ross tries to brag to Rachel that he just got the phone number of a girl. It's on a napkin. She's reading a book and she just keeps reading. Yes. She's not having any part of that. Oh, she doesn't care. And so he like throws the napkin down and is like, well, I don't want to lose this. And then like throws it in her face and something else. And all of a sudden Phoebe starts to sneeze and Rachel grabs the tissue or the napkin, hands it to Phoebe and she sneezes all over the phone number. It's great. It's perfect. I mean, Ross deserves that. All of it. All of it. Um, Minimum. Yeah. And then we see, I think it's like the next day, but Gunther asks Rachel her birthday and she says May 5th and which I think is correct. Is is or isn't? Okay. Wait, hold on. I have the podcast notes pulled up. Hold on. I have the birthdays pulled up. Um, 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 no, May 5th, Rachel Green. That's the only one, that okay. one is correct. That's the only one that's referenced then. It's Ross's that is confusing because... Ross's is super confusing. Oh, no, the thing that I was thinking of with Rachel's birthday is that the timeline didn't necessarily match up for when she was supposed to have turned 30. Correct. Um, I found online Ross's birthday to be October 18th. But here, so Gunther says, oh, I'm just collecting people's birthdays. And Ross goes, mine is December. And Gunther goes, I don't care. And like walks away. <laughs> and so that's one of, yeah, that's one of the times where we, the birthday for Ross is not accurate. Um, but Chandler sees a really pretty girl and he kind of like loses his mind. And Monica says, we'll go over and talk to her. What's the worst that could happen? And he goes, I could die. <laughs> And, and not wrong, he could die. Yeah, but that would be like tripping and falling. Like, she's not going to turn around and stab him in the eye. I, I mean, well, I don't know. she could. Maybe. We listen to too much true crime. Um, <laughs> so then 
Ross brings up Amanda, like, I'm so glad I went on that date with this person. And Rachel goes, you took your kids to Chuck E. Cheese and you didn't even get a kiss. And everybody looks over at Chandler and he goes, I tell people secrets so they'll like me. It's not a good thing. It's really not, but I mean, there's a couple... Uh, different episodes throughout the series where everybody's secrets come up and I just I mean I do appreciate like Lily doesn't have a vault and like Chandler doesn't because there's been other there was another time where it was something about did he tell Joey and, and Chandler's like I don't tell all of our secrets Monica and he looks over and Joey he's like you already know <laughs> so maybe Chandler cannot be trusted um well there's that meme too that says anything you tell me I I promise to keep between you me and my best friend yeah or husband or you know I mean it happens it's gonna happen yeah so um Phoebe has a cold and everybody tells her that she should go home and just sleep and whatever and she says she can't because she's unemployed this is after being accused of being a whore and getting fired and she says music is all I have oh that and making my own shoes and they're hideous like she took she took like clogs and then just put like fringe and buttons and sequins and they're like the old lady who lived in a shoe kind of yeah it's really crazy um so Chandler goes over to talk to the pretty girl and says, wish me good luck. And Ross actually yells out good luck. And he's like, I told you to wish it. Um, so, and then like Chandler, you know, super fumbles. He's like, Chandler is my name. Did I say that already? You know, like he just can't. And so her name is Kathy and he's like with a C or a K and she goes with a K and he's like, ha cool. I mean, just terrible. So Kathy is played by, um, Paget Brewster. I'm not positive that I'm saying her first name correctly because it's P-A-G-E-T and I have a feeling that maybe it's like French and, you know, very fun. Oh no, those letters sound more Gaelic. Yeah. So, um, I pulled up her on IMDb. So I actually know her more from Criminal Minds, which she was on for six years and is now back on again, but then, you know, had like probably been watching Criminal Minds and went back and watched Friends and was like, oh my gosh, that's Kathy. And so her bio on IMDb says uh, she's an American actress, voice actress, and singer. I didn't know that. She was first recognized for her recurring role as Kathy on the fourth season of Friends. And then her breakthrough role came as supervisory special agent Emily Prentice on the crime drama Criminal Minds. So I thought that was kind of cute that, like, yeah, she, yeah, so Friends was kind of her beginning. So, um, he kind of tries to ask her out and she says, you know, that, like, sorry, but I'm here or, you know, I'm waiting for someone. And it turns out, yeah, she's waiting for a date and her date is Joey. Joey. Gotta love that Joey. Um, so Phoebe sings, uh, I think, Smelly Cat. It's No, I don't think she's singing Smelly Cat. She's singing something else. Yeah. Well, she... Because Smelly Cat is so tumultuous. And then, but she says, like, if I sneeze while I'm singing, it's not on purpose, except for the last 
uh, verse of Pepper People. Um, yeah. But it's, like, super sexy, and she could start kind of, like, she changes the rhythm a little bit, and it's very, like, beatnik. Kind of dryly, yeah. Yeah, very, yeah, very. Um, and so then later back at the boys' apartment, uh, Kathy is out in the living room watching on their terrible tiny little black and white TV, and Chandler gets up and, you know, he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm watching this Ernie Kovac documentary, you know, and he's like, I didn't think I'd have to share the TV at 2 a.m. Turns out that that's why he got up to, although I think that's maybe that's just a, same thing. well, but I also wonder if maybe he was just going to the bathroom and then he was like, well, I'll just hang out with her. Um, no, you think they have something, no, totally not. They okay. have a lot of in, which is, you know, part of the problematic storyline. Right. So, um, they're talking and he like makes her laugh and then, uh, she like gasps and he, he says like, is it back on? And she goes, no, it's this infomercial for this wonder broom. And he walks over and he grabs it cause they've bought it. It's just like uh, the one that Monica has that she uses to clean her ceiling after the, right. um, like exploding, uh, blender. Um, so Kathy is on the chair that they have in like a jersey or something of Joey's with like no bottoms on and, you know, scrunchy socks. And so Chandler sits in the canoe and she like kind of puts his legs, her legs near him and he grabs the chicken and puts it in the canoe and she goes, well, what about the duck? And he's like, the duck can swim. (laughs) I just love it. Every part of it is great. I just love it so much. And so they end up kind of watching the... Um, the little documentary. And so, um, down in the cafe, Phoebe is like, they've got a spotlight on her and she's singing like something about sticky shoes and it's really sexy and like the cafe's packed and she calls out to Gunther. This makes sense because it's like the same night, but not the same night because Chandler and Kathy were watching whatever documentary thing at like 2 a.m. because it was broadcasting in England or what, like it was not... I feel like it's the next day. I feel like it's the next day. And she still just got sticky shoe voice? Yeah. I mean, the last time I was sick, it lasted for about a week, so. um, That's true. Yeah. But so Gunther has, like, a spotlight, and she's like, thanks for the light, honey. And everyone's like, oh, that sounded great. She goes, I know. I love my new sexy voice. And then she coughs up a lung. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Now, the last couple times I've been sick like the last couple Christmases, it's been like this where it was not cute. It was not like just, you know, I can still deal. It was like, I thought I was dying. I was so sick in February. I ended up with an inhaler and nothing else. It was terrible, but I've actually had laryngitis twice, which comes with no other symptoms besides you lose your voice. But I was in college at the time and I was friends with a guy that was like, I know that you're probably like, don't feel good, but your voice is really sexy. I was like, okay, thanks. Yay. I was like that. Yeah. I don't really have a voice. Um, so yeah. So Joey says, Kathy, we should get going. They're going to go buy hamsters. And everyone's like, oh, that's great. And she's like, no, I will work for a medical lab. And Phoebe thinks that it's because they're getting hamsters to help them to like, yeah, but they're, they're, they're not. not, they're getting them instead of like white rats. Like they're, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's Monica's like, I really like Kathy. She's nice. And then like Chandler totally gushes about her and Rachel looks at him and goes, you love her. And so they all do it. Like 
Phoebe makes fun of him. Ross does. And then Monica, like, turns her back to the group and puts her arms around herself and starts making, like, kissy noises and all you see is hands. And then Gunther walks up and she turns around and she's, like, totally embarrassed. Um, I think she should be. Do you think so? I mean, I, I'm i more just mad that they're mocking Chandler, who's not good about uh, professing his feelings. So, like, don't be mean to him. But, but they they all know that Chandler has this this crush in that it's Joey's girlfriend. Right. So like, yeah, none of it. Um, so back up in the girl's apartment, um, Phoebe is talking to Monica and she says, I need some depressing music to go with my sexy voice, but you know, nothing really bad has ever happened to me. And, and Monica's what? like, uh, your mom dying, living on the street, like something else. And she's like, Oh, actually, I guess That's I can write. About that time my hair did that woohoo thing. Like, I almost wonder if sometimes, well, I wonder if sometimes Phoebe is more kind of like over it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yes, but then she also brings it up all the time. Yeah, but a lot of times she brings it up to get out of things because you, like, I think she brings it up on Thanksgiving and they're like, you can't, no, you can't use dead mother for the rest of the year or something thing where they're like you can't um so ross comes in and is like i had such a great date with amanda and monica goes rachel's not here and he goes well i think you know it's gonna be better like we're gonna go to her house i'm gonna get some wine and then after the kids go to bed maybe we'll haha and i'm in my head i'm like dude you're talking to your sister this is so tmi but we know that they have no boundaries correct but especially those two it grosses me out yeah it's not it's not like you're talking it's not like i'm talking to my sister it'd be like if i were talking to my brother yeah yeah like my sister and i do talk about you know like personal stuff obviously yeah and like if she needs to change her clothes or i do there's no like oh i'll go in the other room it's just like you know you just change your clothes clothes. get naked but yeah I feel like maybe I would feel differently if I had had a brother anyway um so Rachel brings home this dude and I say dude because that's literally how he greets everyone and all I could think of is this is totally Scooby from How I Met Your Mother the guy no no The guy that, like, they pretend is a dog, right? Like, he he yeah. likes keys and he likes shiny objects and they lose him. Scooby. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, everybody's had this overcorrect where you date a guy who's way too young for you. Like, not illegal young, but, like, maturity level like, young. Young enough to cause yeah. some damage to your own brain. Yes. Um, so, it turns out he's in college um, so, like, Rachel kisses him goodbye, like, this totally inappropriately passionate kiss. And she starts messing with Ross, and she's like, it's so great to be in a fun relationship, you know, without all that drama and and without someone who, you know, keeps dinosaurs in their room or something. And he goes, they're talking about, the, she says something about the museum, and he goes, well, maybe he can go on his next school trip. <laughs> and so then, like... You know, they're mocking each other and all of a sudden Ross brings out and this will 
you know, go on for the rest of the series, the first hand gesture. So we have you take your, the inside of your fists and bump them together. And it's a way to tell someone F you or give them the finger. And Monica says they made it up to fool their parents. And when Ross made it, she cried because she realized she was cooler than her older brother. (laughs) And so he walks behind her and does it behind her back (laughs) and then leaves And then Phoebe, like, clears her throat, and suddenly her sexy voice is gone. That feeling, when you, like, finally are well, and you clear your throat, and you sound normal, is the best feeling in the world. Like... Unless you're Phoebe. Right, but she goes, I lost my sexy phlegm. Yeah. Phlegm is not sexy. Um, No. So, we see Ross go over to his date's house. Again, her name is Amanda. And it turns out that she thought of Ross as just a friend and he's there to babysit her child. Well, she goes on a date that she's been trying to land for X amount of time. I forget what she says. I think she says a month. And so she sees the the bottle of wine and like, you know, he brought a bag for Ben because the kids were going to play. And she goes, I hate to be a square, but could you wait to drink until after they're asleep? And he's like, sure. And then, and this is a bonus. She goes, uh, I had to put a code on the adult channels for the last babysitter, but I'll give it to you if you want it. And he goes, I'm good. (laughs) So then, um, we see Chandler like out on what must be, you know, maybe his like lunch break from work or something the next day. And he sees Kathy out like just on a run. She's got like headphones in, but I think you can't really tell. Um, she's got like a headband on and, and anything. So he's hollering for her and she just keeps running. And so he's running parallel, like down the other sidewalk. And so he runs into like a hot dog vendor and gets mustard smeared on him. And he falls into a bag of trash and like all these things. And then he finally catches up with her and he's like, I just wanted to say hi. Okay. Bye. And like walks away. And even she's like, uh, okay. Yeah. And so uh, then we see Ross go to Monica's and he's like, well, her date tipped me $10, which was, you know, super awkward. And then Phoebe comes in. Uh, he She's trying to catch Monica's cold or no, she's sorry. She's trying to catch a cold. She's trying to get it again. So she's got wet hair. She's sticking her head out the window. You know, it's cold outside. And they're like, what are you doing? So Chandler comes in and says, okay, I admit it. I think I love Joey's girlfriend. And then Monica sneezes and Phoebe goes, you caught my cold or you you stole my cold. (laughs) Right. No. Um, So, no. So Kathy and Joey, Joey come in. They're laughing because Joey had told her some story about Chandler getting drunk and sleeping with his head in the toilet. And they rent a movie and it's Die Hard, which of course this might be one of the first references to it but it will not be the last um so kathy sits next to chandler and then joey sits on the other side of her and ross sits on the other side of chandler which pushes chandler and kathy to where they're like basically arms and legs almost overlapping and chandler freaks out and is like i have to go i have to go see my other friends and joey looks at everyone goes he has other friends (laughs) said that line so many times in my life. 
I feel like Nobody that's, has other friends. well, um, what was it? Do you remember a couple years ago? I can't remember what I posted, but it was either something. And I said that I loved like Mandy or it was Melissa or somebody. And Mandy goes, wait, are you cheating on Kathleen? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? It was some, it was no. something on Facebook. And one of our friends was like, wait, are you in that? So then remember we started the hashtag Julie Hart's Kathleen. Oh, yeah. Because somebody had been giving Dude, me grief about, like... I've got the biggest eyelash in my eye. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Are you okay? Yeah, I might survive blink, till break. Blink it out. Blink it out. Blink a lot. Yeah, um, I've been doing that all But, yeah, I do remember that. It was really funny, and we... Like, yeah. I made a it a thing later. Room. Yeah. Because I was like, no, I'm not. Um, so then... Uh, we see Chandler, and again, I think it must be like, you know, the next day or later, but he's playing hide-and-seek with the chick and the duck, which, of course, is not going well, and he's like, let me explain this to you again. Um, but Joey comes in, invites him to dinner with Kathy, and Chandler starts giving him a bunch of excuses, and Joey is, like, not having it, and he's like, do you not like her? You know, I put up with Janice, all those times you know that you were with her you can't um do the same for me with Kathy and he's like fine I'll go to dinner with you guys you know fine um and then over in the girls apartment Monica is like super sick and Rachel brings home the college guy but then figures out that Ross isn't there so she's like you know get off me and he goes to leave and Phoebe comes upstairs and is like or no sorry Rachel goes, I think he's stealing from me. And Monica goes, how do you know? And she opens her wallet and goes, because he's stealing from me. Like, it's empty. And then Phoebe comes in and she's like, I brought soup. Yeah, she's like, I brought soup. but And I saw what's his you know, face in the hall. He looks so great in your leather jacket. And so Rachel runs after him to get her jacket back. And it turns out the soup, because Phoebe doesn't eat meat, has no chicken in it and no chicken stock. So it's basically just noodle water. But I mean, hot when you don't feel good is always a good thing. Um, and so she starts stealing Monica's used tissues to get her cold back, which is so disgusting. Like every part of it is so bad. Every part of it is so gross. Wait, did they gross. vegan or vegetarian? Hmm. She says. I guess vegan wasn't. Really... Right. So I think she just vegan says vegetarian. Was really it was vegetarian. Yeah. So yeah, the noodles would have been. Okay. Yeah, she says yeah, nothing. This is really gross. Nothing with a face. Um, no. So then, out to dinner with uh, Joey and Kathy. Chandler's totally the third wheel. Kathy points out that a girl across the way, like, you can see her underwear. And, like, Chandler should go ask her out. And he goes, uh, no, I don't want to. And Kathy's like, but she's gorgeous. And, and Chandler goes, yeah, but whenever I see a woman in fishnet stockings, it reminds me of my father in fishnet stockings. And Kathy goes, uh, I understand a little bit more why you're single. Yeah. Um, and she's like, but I can set you up with some of my friends. You know, they're really cute. We could go on double dates. It would be really great. And he just keeps saying no. And finally, he, like, walks away to get, like, another drink or something. And Joey gets mad at him. And he's like, you couldn't even pretend. And... Chandler goes off on this huge tirade. He's like, yeah, I could pretend to like her so much that I can't even think about anybody else, that she's all that I can think about and blah, blah, blah. And Chandler goes, well, that sounds great, but like maybe tone it, or Joey, sorry, maybe tone it down a little. Like Joey, Joey is so 
painfully clueless sometimes, like Mm -hmm. painfully. Um, So then back at the girl's apartment, and I feel like this is a bonus, but I'm not completely positive. Rachel was like, you know, helping take Monica's temperature and Monica's like, I still have a fever. Are you sure that's right? And Rachel goes, well, we could take it the other way. <laughs> Which. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a bonus or not, but I saw that and I was like, oh, yeah, guess uh, we could. That's oh, funny. we're doing the under the arm thing? We're right. Doing the under the arm that's thing? not what she meant. <laughs> oh, the other thing. <laughs> the thing you do to bebes. Um, Which is not recommended. Yeah, I don't really think they do it anymore, but I will tell you that my mom liked to tell the story of having to put that up my butt a few times. So, um, I know that they have, Brittany has the armpit one and the forehead one for Milo. Yeah. Yeah. The digital forehead one is like something off of Star Trek and it's amazing. Like it's the The best The technology has come a long way since the time we were babies. Right? So good. Um, so then Ross and Rachel are both at the apartment and they start fighting about their dates and, you know, like comparing and who's better and, you know, all these things. And, and Monica's asking for her cough drops and no one's listening to her. And finally she just like yells at them both. And she's like, Ross, you're a babysitter. And Rachel, you're dating a guy who's stealing from you. And, uh, Rachel, like uses the hand gesture or or is it Ross somebody uses it to Monica now I can't remember I wrote down Rachel and now I feel like it may have been Ross um so Phoebe's down in the coffee shop uh trying to like write some new songs um parading goats through the city who are leaving little treats and Gunther comes over and sneezes near her and she full-on kisses him because again she's trying to get the cold back Um, so up in the boys' apartment, Chandler is trying to watch some TV and all he can hear is sexy time in Joey's room. So he turns the TV up more and then Joey comes out and asks him to turn it down because while they might not be sleeping, it's really distracting, which is so rude. Like turn on some music in your own room so no one has to hear it. Oh, good. Right. And so then he, so Chandler gets a blanket and goes and knocks on the door and says to Monica, can I sleep on your couch? And so like, they kind of like, you know, tilt heads together and it's so sweet. And then, um, the final scene is Phoebe singing again and Gunther walks over and it's like, Rachel, I need to talk to you about what happened to me and Phoebe. Um, she kissed me and I didn't stop it. Or I didn't want her to, but I didn't stop it. And, you know, are we okay? And Rachel just goes, okay. And, like, because she has no idea. She doesn't have any clue that... Yeah, she still Gunther's has no idea that love Gunther loves her. Um, So, like, this episode sets up so much for what's going to happen in this season um, with Kathy. Um, I think with showing that Ross and Rachel are neither of them are over it. Like they are doing terrible. Um, I wouldn't even call them overcorrects. They're just making terrible choices about people to, to date. Um, they're basically just like, I will take anybody so that I don't feel like lonely and whatever, which is not a good place to be in. Been there, done that. Not a, not, not a good thing. Um, yeah, it's not good. Um, 
So, do you have any more uh, thoughts about this episode? It actually does go by kind of quick, just because it's so many kind of quick scenes. It is, but I don't love... Well, I do love... I, um, I love that we get to spend some time, like, dealing with Joey and the semi-real relationship, mm-hmm. even though... She's clearly not there for the intellectual dialogue, <laughs> you know, she's, she's not, otherwise she would have said, oh, hey, Joey, I really want to see this thing, you should watch it with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can see that. I think because, it's funny because she says how they got together, he kept picking, they were paired up in acting classes and he picked three scenes that had them making out. So right. that's why she went on a date with him, like that. That almost seems like the opposite. Like, if you were in a class with a guy who was being, like, overtly, like, sexual with you, wouldn't you be like, dude, I'm I'm out? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Just I mean, me? maybe. Yeah. I mean, Joey is cute, though, so well, there's I mean, that. I don't know. Like, I would have to be in that experience. True story. Um, well, do you want to take a quick break, and then we'll do How I Met Your Mother's Shelter Island? Yes, because I have to take the trash out. And check your eyeball. And, oh yeah. Okay. I'll probably do that first. <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay, bye. As right. soon as my cat gets out. Hey, come here. Come here, baby cat. We've been seriously discussing a kitten lately. <gasps> Ooh, I love the sound of that. Wow, there's like potential that I could pick one out in two weeks. Ooh, Okay. All right. Um, so we're take it away. Trying to decide if that's the right choice for Radley. Um, cool. So we start the episode at the bar, and the gang minus Ted is sitting at the t- at their table, and Ted and Stella come in. There's no actual dialogue, and Stella just reaches over, takes Barney's drink, and says, "I'll finish that," and <laughs> down the. So then they sit down, Barney's a little indignant, and they sit down, and they're like, you know, hey, what's going on? And she says, you know how you've always dreamed of your perfect wedding? And Lily goes, yeah. And Marsha goes, totally. <laughs> Which is... I love <laughs> him. Incredible there, um, for their situation. And, and you know, um, as a female of a certain age, I can't say for certainty that I've always had my dream wedding planned but like I've always had scenarios in my back pocket mm-hmm. so I mean I, I sort of get it but whatever um Stella starts describing her perfect wedding and then it voices over to her sister who's describing the same wedding at their parents cabin or beach house or on the beach right down from their parents cabin there's you know at sunset ted goes to take a drink of his wine and stella grabs it from his hand and finishes it (laughs) she's not having it and so they're discussing what they're going to order and ted says i'm going to get lamb and sit what is her sister's name i don't Ever um, no, somebody does say it at one point. I'm going to look it up for you. You keep going and I will find it. I want to say it's like Doreen or, oh, gosh, hold on. Okay. I don't remember hearing it in the episode, but that's fine. So sister starts saying, 
oh, well, I'm vegan and eating animals is murder and I wish I was as strong as you. And Ted looks over at her and goes, well, it's because you need protein. <laughs> Nora. Her name is Nora. Okay. Yeah. Nora. Okay. Stella and Nora. Actually, yeah, that sounds right. Um, She's married to Jensen Ackles from, uh, I think that's the guy in Supernatural. One of the brothers. In real life? Yeah. Huh. Um, okay. So, they're, they get out of that flashback. We're back at the bar, and, and Ted says, I want our wedding to kick her wedding's ass. I want our, our wedding to put her wedding in the toilet, her, her wedding's head in the toilet and flush it like 20 times. And Lily goes, "Oh, in high school, you were her wedding, weren't you? Which did, is Did you notice accurate. at dinner that her fiancé doesn't speak once? There is literally a fourth person at the table and he doesn't speak once. I don't, so I, so here's the thing. I watched it twice because the first time I just watched it because I've been missing out on a lot of the visual stuff. And then the second time I did the notes. And I don't remember seeing a fourth body. Like we're kind of off to the side, mm-hmm. but not re- you're in that fourth person seat almost. Right, but I see a menu and then I see a face and like a beard and a jacket, but he doesn't speak once. So I think that well, he's I there. Also, I think it's also just because it is a flash. Right. Like, we're not on the dinner date with them. That's not the point of the episode. So it's just like a, yeah. it's a flash. Um, anyway, uh, Stella, so we're back at, we're still at the bar. You know, Lily just says, you were her wedding in high school, weren't you? Um, And Stella says, you know, I don't want to be mean, but I wish it would just kind of all fall apart. Then we flash back to Nora, Ted, and Stella at the restaurant. They're in different seats, and Nora is eating all the meat. She's got, like, a steak. We touch on that it might have a bacon sauce. And she's repeating that she hates him as in her fiance or ex fiance. So, but here's the thing. How is it not the same night? So I think it's actually, so I think Stella says, I wish it would fall apart. And then a couple of days pass or weeks, however long. Yes. And then they're at dinner and she says, I broke up with him and there's only four days to go to the wedding. Right. But She's almost wearing the, I think she's wearing the same outfit. I, okay. Hold on. I'm going to look up some images. You keep going. But I also think, like, they're telling this whole story at the bar, which makes it feel like, yes, they are. I think yes, they're they telling are. just the first part. They're not. Okay, hold on. I'm going to look at something. Um, um, um. Oh, there's not that many photos. There's only photos of the wedding on IMDb. Mm, Okay. So, hold on just a sec. Whether or not the sister is wearing the same outfit, they're telling this whole story at the bar. Because they're getting, they're leading up to this is how we ended up with a wedding in four days. I mean, they are. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. So maybe, like, this is the second dinner. 
I think it is. After they committed to, so, you know, maybe, maybe they walk in after the second dinner and they've already committed to taking the wedding, but you know, Stella's still like stressing, which could be why she's grabbing the drinks. Either way, I think it's one dinner split really weird and you're not meant to notice, but we are way too in depth in this bullshit <laughs> to miss anything. Um, okay, so we're at the second dinner where Sis is eating some steak and we find out that her fiancé has run off with the vitamin girl from Whole Foods and she says, I gave up makeup. I gave up shaving. And I'm like, what the? No, I take it. I don't need to do any of that. I mean, I do, but well, she says, I, don't I, want to. I think she says I gave up showering too and Ted goes, I imagine why he left or, you know, something. I'm right. fine with the no makeup and no shaving, but everyone should shower. That's just basic. Please, please shower. Basic hygiene. Hygiene. Shower. Uh, you don't have to shave. I don't have to shave. Mm-mm. I don't have to wear makeup. I only wear makeup nine days out of ten. Anyway, she's like still enamored with her steak dinner, and she says it's su- it sucks because I can't get any refunds. We're four days from the wedding. I spent thousands of dollars, and then older Ted talks about relationship telepathy, and he's like, you know, there there comes a time in your relationship when you and your partner are on the same page, and relationship telepathy is a real thing. Okay, I was just going to ask you. They don't have it. Yeah, no, they don't. They really don't. They've not been together long enough. No. I mean, you can also, like... You can set up code words and code gestures, yeah. but that all plays into it. But yeah, I've I've definitely had conversations with partners that nobody else is privy to. Yeah. Because we can just yeah. Um also the longer you're together, the better you get at it. Mm-hmm. So here they are only a couple of months in trying to do it and he thinks they're buying their her sister dinner and she thinks they're taking over the wedding and paying her for all of the things mm-hmm. and the wedding is this sunday so ted says are you sure we're ready for this and stella says you know i wasted a lot of years waiting for tony to get ready let's be spontaneous let's let's just do it and ted says um or no uh Stella is still on Tony and says that she wishes that she used to dream that Tony would be spontaneous like this. And Ted, he's so in, and he regret regretfully throws some water on himself. <laughs> he, like, picks the water up and says, yeah, I'm spontaneous. It's it's not it's not good, Ted. No. Um, He, older Ted, the voiceover is saying, you know, usually I save the moral of the story until the end, but this one's too big to hold off. Never invite an ex to the wedding, mm-hmm. to your wedding. And, um, I fully support that decision. Now. Yes. My mom attended my dad and Rebecca's wedding. So. But this is my dad's third wife. And my mom would not have attended my dad and Jeannie's wedding because there would have been a murder. A murder. It would have been a murder mystery wedding. A little bit. And it wouldn't have been a mystery. (laughs) The ex-wife did it. (laughs) The ex-wife did it. You 
know, there's there's definitely something to be said for don't invite an ex to your wedding because in my early days when I didn't have nearly as many social graces, I went to a wedding with my sister. And while we were there, I whispered, but didn't really whisper, even though I thought I was whispering, didn't you date the groom? And she, she gave me dead eyes. She, I thought I was going to fucking die. Um, <laughs> Which comes up in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit, yeah. a little bit. Um, so I, and you know, in my younger days, in my early 20s, when I had a lot of unresolved emotions from relationships, I think I would have said the same thing. Um, that being said, I've, I've been invited to two exes weddings. Yeah. So worked out fine for them. Yeah. Anyway, I think if you feel like you should not invite an ex to a wedding, then don't do it. Mm -hmm. And if you are the ex and you feel you would say something inappropriate or do something inappropriate, then don't do it. Don't go. Uh, Rachel in London, anyone? We'll get there. Oh my God. We will get there. And really, did Rachel make any mistakes? No, she didn't. Ross did. Ross should not have invited her in the first place. Yes, and she. I think Ross would have made. She, I think Ross would have made the same mistake, whether or not she was sitting in the audience. Oh, uh, okay. We're gonna get to that. That's a ways off. Let's keep okay. going. That's, that's another. That's another story for another day. Right. Um. Ted's on the phone with Robin, and it's her first week at this new news station in Tokyo, and she says, "I can't just drop away and fly to your wedding. It's, I, I have a serious news show." And like, I, I, I'm making a, I'm a big deal, not I'm a big deal, but like, this is real news and it, it's important, except there's a giant fan and a chimp. <laughs> so it's, it's terrible. not serious news in no. the way that America thinks of it. And I, I mean, I've never seen Japanese news, but it did make me think of Joey and his blue lips. Oh, the... Oh man, the man lipstick, the lipstick. I'm trying to think of what the, what it's called anyway. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, Robin decides she's coming and Barney is so jazzed. He also describes Ted's upcoming bachelor party with three physically and morally flexible ladies. And there's no time. Yeah, there's no time. No. Ted declines. There's no time. And what I describe as a rare moment, Barney does not protest. He no. just tells Ted that he'll let him know how it goes. <laughs> he's still going to have it, though, which I love. Super he, He's no. fully committed. So, yeah. So then, yeah, because they just leave him. Yeah. Yeah. So Ted, Ted asks Marshall if, it, if, like, he says, oh, can you rent the cars or you should rent the cars for tomorrow? And they get up and leave. And Lily smirks at Barney and mocks him for not trying to stop Ted because he's opposed to weddings. Like, you know, weddings are the bane of Barney's existence. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, he says, no, I just know a hopeless cause when I see it. And also it's in my favor because he is back on Robin. Or wants or, to be. Yeah. <clears throat> he says something about hooking up with Robin and Lily goes, oh, you're back on Robin. And he goes, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Ew. And Lily says there's too many, distra- too many distractions. And he'll be under the first bridesmaid's dress like an old-time photographer in no time. <laughs> Bernie goes, don't cheapen this. Oh, man, it's so good. Bernie's like, I don't want to be mushy-gushy, but Robin's the only girl I am banging this mm-hmm. weekend. It's about as mushy-gushy as he gets. Yeah. So they show up at the venue, and... Well, wait, they, they have to take they have to take a car to a ferry to a car to get to Shelter Island. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's yeah, a little they, bit of road trip fun. Which is cute. And it's there's no, like, dialogue, so you just right. kind of see them splitting. And it, they're not even... Ted's driving, and then there's another... Everyone else is in a car behind him. Mm-hmm. He's like, I was on my way. So it must have been Ted and Stella, and then everybody else in the other car. Um... They show up, and I- I'm going to say the gang, even though Robin's not there yet and Ted's not, like, part of the scene. The gang goes to check in, and it's a health spa, and it's namaste something or other, and, and Marshall goes, well, I'm namaste any longer than I have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, Barney and Lily go up to the bar. They, they split up. They're going to go order drinks, and Marshall's going to check them in. And they go up to the bar. There's no booze. And Barney is not thrilled because that is all part of his plan. Oh, wait. Did we did we not see the scene of Barney with his whiteboard yet? No, we did. It's when he's explaining his plan to, Lil- to Lily. He's like, I have yeah. a, sa- I have a plan right to have sex with Robin. Happened- yeah. When they're at the yeah. bar. Um, so Barney's not super happy that that, uh, there's no booze. And he, like, names a drink and says, oh, you might even get smarter. And Marshall goes up to check them in for their rooms and says something about meals being included. And the little front desk girl's like, yeah, and they're all vegan. And he, he has a... They both do these, like, huge gasps because they are just indignant with the results. Um, Dude, I would be, too. Barney won't get... Oh, my God. What the hell is a wedding without booze? And meat. Or at least just good food. Not to say that vegan's not, but if that's not what you're expecting, it's not the same. Right. Anyway. Sorry. Um... Barney says he won't get Robin without booze, and Lily goes, that's just sad, dude. This is when he says, some of the drinks will make you smarter. And Marshall says there's no meat. They're kind of, like, going back and forth, and then they come together. Uh, and then while they're sitting down, Marshall goes, it gets worse. I'm 90% sure the bartender is the lead singer from Spin Doctors. I tried so hard to Google this. Really? And I cannot confirm. Yes. Aww. Or... Maybe I didn't try hard enough, but I, I tried. Um, I couldn't confirm that it was or was not okay. the lead 
with doctors, which if it was, I'd totally be fine with that. I know. Because I like their song. Me too. They're two hits. They're two hit wonders. <laughs> so we flash to um, Stella and Ted, and they're looking at the programs for the wedding, and she's like, they're, these programs are great. It's not our names, but they're great. And Ted drops the bomb that he invited Robin. To say Stella is less than thrilled is an understatement mm-hmm. because she says, you don't know what it's like for a bride to see the groom's ex at the wedding. And then we flashed to fake Robin telling Stella that Ted used to nail her like three times a day. <laughs> and then Stella goes into a mon like continues her monologue of unresolved feelings and, and how things might resurface and how it would just make her really feel uncomfortable. Well, it would make anybody feel really uncomfortable. And Ted decides to say, oh, well, it's okay. We already had a backslide. It was around Thanksgiving, and it wasn't really that long ago. And Stella She's like, says, yeah, are you trying to lose this? Are you a large bet against yourself? <laughs> That's right. In this argument, it's so good. Oh, man. That is literally one of the best lines that I've ever heard. Right. Like, you're just funny. So, Ted tries to say that Robin already got a ticket, but Stella really doesn't want her there. And she says, I didn't invite Tony. And Ted's like, well, you should have. He's really great. He's the last person that I'd want at our wedding. And Robin is a close second. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, it's it's the most recent exes for both of them, and it's, like, the most serious relationship for both of them. Um, you know, obviously, Tony is the father of Stella's child, which brings on a whole other level of whatever. But um, Robin really is, like, the last serious girlfriend that Ted had. So, I get it. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be super comfortable I, I it's it's hard it's hard to say because like now we're 10 years in so yeah none of it matters yeah but like, in year one I probably wouldn't have been super thrilled yeah um so let's see so we flash back to the gang at the table in the bar and Ted is justifying inviting Robin and slash Tony. And Marshall plays devil's advocate and um, is like, why ask a failed romance to come watch a successful one? And number one, I hate this. I hate this. It's not a failed romance. And marriage isn't the goal. Mm. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Some of the relationships, some of some of marriages don't last either. So, in my personal opinion, all relationships have learning learning experiences and growth, and you couldn't have one that lasts without others that end. But pass or fail is not what right. I would consider the right ones. Yeah. So, for me, this is a little bit like. I mean, I'm obviously no relationship expert, but like not everything that you try in life is successful. Yeah. And fail is not the right words that you should be using for relationships. 
my little two cents, my soapbox. Well, without, well, I, I do think, um, you know, obviously there's no way to know that the, the writers were like, oh, this speaks to Marshall's like character, but you know, Marshall, when he and Lily break up, it's because it's either get married or go to San Francisco. There's no go to San Francisco and then we'll get married because you'll come back. It's he, there's like Marshall for the most part is a very kind of like easygoing, um, like rational guy, except for with Bigfoot and a couple other weird things. Um, but he does say like, there's a time where Barney says how many girls that he's slept with. And like Ted says something else and they leave Marshall out because he's not a wingman. He's already married. And he goes, yeah, but I've had sex more than you guys because you know, I've been with Lily this long and she's a quality girl. And so I think in his mind, like marriage, like kind of was the goal. Well, so, but yes, but yes. Okay. So yeah. you have a wedding, we're married, but what, you stop working? Well, no, I know. Like, so it's, it's not the goal. Right. It's a stepping stone. Yeah. And whether you get married or not, you should be working towards. Yeah. You should always work. Anyway. Um, but yeah, like I can definitely see where Marshall's coming from because that's like, he's like, I already won the game. I got the girl. Right. It's not a game. Yeah. Right, right, which that's another bad analogy, but we're not on that episode. Yeah. Um, he also says it's like inviting the Seattle Mariners to the World Series. <laughs> so mean. Oh, um, Ted says, well, she has to be there. She's my best friend, and the guys get offended. And he's like, all right, well, my best girlfriend. And Lily's like, oh, yeah, uh, you know what? Never mind. I don't care. Right. Because... It's not the same. Yeah. So, Mark, not Marshall, Ted speaks to Justice Aldrin and says, I need you to be the tiebreaker because Marshall says no and Barney says yes. And she says, well, it wouldn't be the same without her, but you don't mess with the bride. Yep. Duh. And Ted says, all right, I'm going to tell her not to come. Barney volunteers because... Ultimately, as we find out, he doesn't want her to not come. Right. So he fakes a phone call. Well, no, he has a phone call, and it actually goes through to her, and she says, I'm on my way to the airport, and he goes, okay, see you later. This could have potentially come back to bite him in the ass. Right. Because Ted could have been like, hey, you got to, excuse me, you got to go. You can't come to the wedding. And she could have been like, well, I talked to Bernie, and he said, we'll see you soon. Right. It doesn't, but it could have. So, bad move on Barty's end. Um, Ted is going to tell Stella to deal with it. <laughs> because Barney says, you know, she, she's already, I couldn't reach her. She's already on the plane. She's on her way. Lily says to be more deal, delicate than deal with it. Yeah. I don't, and she says, you know, she's under a lot of stress, but I hold it together. Marshall laughs, and we have a montage of Lily crying over complete bullshit. Yeah. Something about not having forced heating, and but her outfits in this whole montage are fantastic. Yeah, they are. So Lily says, 
sorry, my grandma just sent me a message that, anyway, um, Lily says, if she, if he solves a crisis, uh, Marshall laughs. Okay. And then, um, she had to, Lily says that Stella had to cram months of crazy into three days. And to wait for the next crisis, and that then he can fix it, and then she'll say yes to um, Robin coming. Well, the next crisis is that Lucy's going to miss the wedding because Tony's not going to bring her out. Yeah. Why didn't Lucy just come with them in the first place? If t- if Tony wasn't invited, why would he bring her a car, a ferry, a car? Why didn't Lucy just go with them the day before? Just my question. Huh? custody arrangements maybe and this was last minute so it's not like they could plan out yeah okay um so the sister nora approaches barney and proposes things so dirty and depraved that i forget this was supposed to be my wedding <laughs> and barney whimpers right and he says, no, I'm here with someone. And so, and Nora says, okay, we'll bring her. <laughs> and Barney's about to lose his shit right there. Lily walks by and says he's never going to make it. Yep. He's never going to make it to the end goal, which for him is banging Robin. So then we flash to Ted driving to Tony's house to get Lucy. Tony answers the door. He's in a gi, and he starts to attack Ted and like but not really like I don't know it's it's playful for now yeah um and he says I thought you'd be in some honeymoon suite with my woman by now and Ted says no not yet but soon and then Tony says well you're gonna be sticking it to the mother of my child and Ted goes I already have been why do I always have to correct people (laughs) Okay, I had I had a note. Please. Um Please. Now, we know that Ross thinks that he is a like, you know, know-it-all of all things and we have Unagi, but in mm-hmm. the one that could have been when they flash forward to what if he and Carol were still together, he relieves all of his tension with karate. And yeah. so I was like, "Oh, so in this point Tony is Ross." But anyway. Yes. There you go. Um, uh, Ted kind of like puts his foot down and says, this is a big day for Lucy too. Whether you like it or not, she really should be there for her mom's wedding. And Tony goes in for like this really scary hug. Like he, he makes a move that makes it seem like he's actually going to attack Ted, mm-hmm. but he holds him and says he's losing Lucy to this new family that he's not even a part of. And Ted tries to reassure him by saying, no, no, you're a part of this family. It's really great. And Tony goes, well, I wasn't even invited to the wedding. And Ted says, oh, sure you are. And so then they're all in the car for a road trip to the ferry, to the road trip. It's really bad. Um, So then we see Barney at the quote unquote bar again the other bar you can't get any alcohol there either and Nora tries to hit on him again and he starts reciting this form letter that is dear madam 
they're I mean, right to inform you and she shoots him down at every turn she's like your back is gonna look like a jackson pollock and he's uh she says i've been a vegan for two years i need meat and you hear him saying there are no positions available and she goes i'm a yoga instructor all the positions are available oh my and you goodness whimper and, and crush down yeah and then we flash to lucy running up to Stella saying, Mommy, Ted invited Dad. And you hear Ted in the background saying, Hey, I want to talk to Stella first because none of this was cleared. It's not okay. Um, Stella pulls him to the side and says, You know, I can't believe you did this. What are you, were you even thinking? Robin comes up, throws an arm around Ted, and goes, What did Ted do this time? So. Um, it just all hits Ted at the same moment. Um, Stella says, Robin makes it weird. Like, Robin being here makes it weird. Like, things aren't finished between you. You talk to Tony. I'll talk to Robin. They can't be here. Let's just get them out of here. And older Ted says, if I would have let her talk to Robin things may have ended differently. We see fake Robin being totally understanding with Stella and fake Tony being totally understanding with Ted. Mm-hmm. And then they, Ted and Stella kiss. Like, it's like a quick montage. They kiss. And then we flash to older Ted talking to the wrong kids. Mm-hmm. And also... My question is, if they were going to go this far into the deal, why didn't they also have older Lucy maybe either sitting there or come in with Stella with, like, a glass of wine or who knows what, but just be part of the weird family skit? Because at that point, it would be all of them. Anyway. Um, But instead... Ted says, you talk to Tony. Robin Robin came all this way from Tokyo. I should talk to her. She bought a ticket. She's been on a plane for almost a full day. Or, no, no, no. So then we go to him actually talking to her. And she says, I've been on a plane for almost a full day, but it was totally worth it. I, you know, to see him get married. And he goes, you can't come. And she says, oh, thank God. Yes. She's not into it. She told him from the beginning she didn't want to come. It would be weird. So... She's totally down for not being there. And he's he's like, what are you talking about? And we flash to... Um, the receiving how, line. Right. And Stella giving Robin a hug and saying, suck it, bitch, I won. And like flashing the ring. Yep. Right. Because again, that's that's the prize. Um, and... You know, she says, a year isn't that long ago. I thought if I ever changed my mind about, you know, being married and having kids, you would be there. And he goes, glad I was your safety school. But also, like, I get where he's coming from because she said no to all the things that he wanted. So, of course, he's going to go looking somewhere else. And she went and found this career. And, you know, they're, they're both happy. And he says, there's nothing between us. But she's like, yeah, there is. It doesn't disappear. Mm-hmm. Which is not wrong. But with enough time, it doesn't yeah. matter anymore. 
Yes, you'd no longer want it. Um, we used to date. We both got what we wanted. And he says that she has her dream job. And, like, another immediate overlap. She says, I quit. I'm moving back to get to my real life. And I think you should, too. And he's like, what, do you, what does that even mean? She tells him not to get married. Like, all of this dialogue is really important, which is why I'm, you know, kind of going line by line. But it's also, it's so much that it, these last couple of minutes are the the entire reason that we had this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um. She says, you're the most romantic guy I know. You stole a French horn, for a blue French horn for me. You tried to make it rain. And he is that he did make it rain. And she yells, it was a coincidence. <laughs> Which I think is funny. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have made that, um, that long of a dialogue. So, anyway, he refutes her and says, I love Stella. If you really... Um, and if you really feel that way, it's a good thing you're not coming to the wedding. And he storms away. Wait, wait. So, yes. She Please. makes a point, though, when she, so she says, don't get married, it's too soon. You can't oh. skip ahead to the end of the book. Right. And she says, this is not the ending that you deserve. Which you and I have talked uh, about before in, in past seasons of the show, where I think Lily says it to him, Lily. where he's like, where it was basically like, you can't, yeah, you can't skip the hard stuff. Like, that's not how it works. And well, I just, you like... you can't skip the hard, and you can't skip the good stuff either. You right. can't, and what she says is you're disappearing into somebody else's mm-hmm. wedding and mm-hmm. life without a second thought. And not only are you not skip, you're not only are you skipping the bad stuff of, like, you know, 3 a.m. fights or, you know, whatever... Like, you, you just, you can't do that. Right. Stella's got a life, and if you want to be with her, that's great, but you can't jump into it after f- four months or whatever. Um, so he does storm away, and she goes to the bar and gets a shot, which I can only imagine is wheatgrass. Ooh. At, before she takes it, she says, keep them coming, and she slams it, and then she goes, nope, never mind. Because it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Wheatgrass is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes to Barney's room, and he opens the door, but he's really hesitant to let her in, and she's practically begging for it, and he asks for a few minutes. Um, my question, though, is how does she not recognize that he's mostly undressed? I wonder if maybe she thinks that he's changing for the wedding or... I don't know. Because, yeah, he's in his boxers with his, like, button-up open. And so, like, yeah, he could be taking a shower to get ready for, I don't know. All right, I could go with that. Um, She volunteers that she has some scotch, and he says, that sounds great. Let's take it to your room. And she's like, actually, I don't have a room. I was hoping I could stay here. And he says, yeah, you know, but give me a few minutes and... I don't know if he, like, shifts or whatever, but she peers around him and says, um, you have a naked girl tied your headboard. And she walks away. And you see him kind of, like, fall against the door jam because he's kind of crushed. But he did it to himself because he knew when Robin was arriving. So if he wanted to do that bullshit, he should have done it sooner. 
So Cooper walks up, which is, that's who I originally thought was tied to the headboard. And she's a little, she, she walks up, he sees Barney, and she's a little pissed about the other girl. But then she's like, all right, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. And that's fine. So we get to Robin on the barge or the ferry headed away and older Ted saying, sometimes you think you're living one story only to find out it's something else entirely. And in that we see Stella walk up to the railing and we also see Ted open a note card and then we hear older Ted saying at the time I thought it was about Robin at the wedding. If only I knew what the real story was as Tony puts his jacket over Stella's shoulders. And then we flash to all the things that Stella was saying through the entire episode about how um, there might be unresolved feelings and just everything. And each of the friends comes in, reads the notes, sits down and is like commiserating with Ted. And, um, Robin's still in the background with Stella and Tony kissing. And the last thing that we hear is older Ted saying, seriously, kids, never invite an ex to your wedding. Yep. Incredibly heartbreaking. Yeah. It's incredibly heartbreaking. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, if she had just, you know, left without without Robin seeing it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, does it make it worse because then Rob, like Robin has to then see Stella and Tony? Do you know oh, what I'm totally. saying? And, and the way that Stella walks up, she, she's not, she doesn't see Robin. Mm-mm. And then when he comes to, Tony comes up behind her and she turns toward him, which is away from where Robin sitting so it it is purely like visual dynamics for us as the viewer right but oh my god because like if I was in that position you know I did the right thing by leaving the wedding I was invited to that you know I shouldn't have gone to in the first place or something like that and then all of a sudden you see the the bride-to-be, and you're like, shit, what have I done? You know, like, I don't think that it's necessarily, com- it's not Robin's fault in the long run, like, more than anything, it's oh, no. both Ted Actually, and Stella's so she, fault. She probably had that flash of what did I do when it was just Stella, mm-hmm. but as soon as Tony there, it was totally different. Right. Yeah, it's totally insane. Totally different. You know, watching it um, this time, uh, the part where they're at the second dinner and she says, all I ever wanted was for Tony to be spontaneous. I spent five years or she says it, she says that sometime at the, at the resort too. Like I waited for five years or this has been going on for this long. Why can't he just get his stuff together? Why can't he just let me go? Um, when she, but especially at the dinner, when, she's talking about him in my head. Now I hear it as I'm going to use Ted to replace what I didn't have from the one I really want to be with. Like, right. Oh, and, so sad. And there's definitely some of that, but like if there, 
I don't want to say that Stella doesn't have genuine feelings, but like you can, you can use somebody else as a crutch maybe to get over an ex if you're actually going to get over them and if you really are genuinely interested in that person. Like you can't just use somebody to get over them, you know, with sex or whatever. Like right. that's what well, you can. I don't know. We were all twenty, um, <laughs> but big picture if you are genuinely trying to move forward and you have feelings for somebody else it's okay to use that as a crutch for at least a little while yeah i mean i think the other thing too is it it's um it's kind of like we weren't we didn't see it coming either for any of us because um she never brings up tony all the times where she's like, well, I don't date, you know, the joke is kind of like, well, the last time I, you know, dated, I ended up with a kid or, you know what I mean? That kind of a thing. Like, yeah, maybe her and Tony weren't like super serious and then she gets pregnant and then they, you know what I'm saying? Like I, there is a, like a, um, an inference of that. Like I was with this guy, we had a kid, it didn't work out. But when, but like I was saying, it's not just her saying, Oh, I want, I didn't date because, you know, I'm too busy. I have this medical practice. I have a daughter. I have to give all my time to. Now we finally probably find out is that she wasn't dating because she's still not over her daughter's father. I mean, I'm just saying like, that's the things that you have to date someone for a while to make sure that everyone is over their exes. I mean, again, like I said, I think it's both of their faults that it doesn't work out. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, um, it's not fair. I, um, go ahead. No, go, go for it. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm happy at the end of this episode, but you do know how I felt about Stella and this whole thing. So like, I know. And and I'm good. (laughs) The actual emotional part, Stella's the worst. And I absolutely agree with, but if she would have had her emotional shit together, I really think that Stella would have made a good mother. Yeah. Not as good as Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But Victoria also didn't have emotional shit together. Yeah. No Um, joke. Um, so, so do you feel like you have a friend of the day? (coughs) Pardon me. I kind of want to give it to Lily. Um, you know, the friends episode was good. Uh, but I don't, there wasn't really anybody that was like a best friend. Um, but Lily, you know, plays devil's advocate. She, she tells Barney, Hey, this isn't going to work, but she also doesn't say, I'm going to tell Robin your plan. Mm -hmm. Like a quote unquote girlfriend would do. Um, she, you know, points out the flaws to Ted. She, Lily just is, you know, she, she sticks up even for Stella and says, you know, she had to pack months of crazy into three days. Yeah, for sure. So Lily is, Lily's the, Lily's the friend. So I, I wavered cause I was feeling like there wasn't really anyone. And then I was kind of like, okay, maybe Lily, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to yeah. Monica. Okay. Yeah. Because she's, um, you know, she's there for Phoebe. 
yeah, she gets sick because of it, but also she's like, you know, there for Chandler. Yeah, she makes fun of him a little bit, but then also is like, yeah, you can sleep on my couch. You know, like, yeah. kind of, you know, sympathizing with like, you know, f- having feelings for someone you're not supposed to. Um, right. Yeah. But I would agree, like, there's not, I would, you know, like, Rachel does take care of Monica nicely uh-huh. for some of the episode, but she and Ross are just so goddamn terrible sometimes. It, it's everything else. Th- they fight like children. And yeah. everyone else is made to suffer because of it. It's really terrible. So, well, um, during the last part of that, there was a bebe crying in the other room. So, um, I apologize. Um, yes. So I'm up in Vancouver with our former co-host Allison and her three week old bebe. So. Who is so cute. So pinchable. I'm really trying hard not to pinch her. I want to eat her little baby size. Oh, you would not believe how tiny her fingernails and toenails are. It's like, I've never seen anything so small in my life. It's just... Except you just saw it two years ago when Milo was this small. Well, but Milo was eight and a half pounds when he was born and she was under five. Like, this is the smallest baby I've been in the presence of. It's very frightening sometimes. Like, they hand her off to me and I'm like, I'm gonna break it. But I'm a good auntie, so I will not break it. Um, I won't. So, uh, next week we'll be starting with, um, how I met your mother. And this is a really good episode as well. We're going to deal with some of the fallout of, yes, honey. Oh no, no. I was saying like, it's so good. Oh yeah. We're going to deal with some of the fallout of being left at the altar. It's called happily ever after. I think it's a pretty good episode. And then, um, for friends, hold on, let me get to the right screen because sometimes I'm on a track and sometimes I'm not. We are going to see more of Kathy, obviously, um, but we are also going to, it's the one with the dirty girl and I swear to God, my mom just compared me to this the other day. What? And you will need to defend me. I am messy, but I am not dirty. Or no, maybe that's what it was. We were joking about me getting a roommate. And I said, well, no, I would need to be honest with someone. Like, sometimes I leave dishes in the sink. I'm a little messy, but nothing ever grows. I don't ever have flies. I've never had rats or mice or anything like that. And she goes, yeah, you're not the dirty girl from Friends. And I was like, good call. She said something in reference to the dirty girl. But I was just like, no, I am not this. But we are going to have a good time with that one. Because... I, I don't disgusting. like it, but I like it. Yeah, but it's I don't like totally it. disgusting. Um, but I also like who they have um, playing her. And then, oh yeah, it's just a good episode. So I'm excited for um, for next episode too. And, uh, you know, just want to remind everybody to stay safe and healthy out there, you know, as much as you can. Um, and we appreciate that you're listening to our podcast still while all this craziness is going on. Because it makes us happy. Yeah. This is fun. It's a good time. So, well, I should get back to editing a book that's due back to my author a week from tomorrow. So. And I need to call my mom. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>